It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. Stay tuned after the featured conversation for a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, let's talk about the return of restaurant reviews. After 20 months, the AJC's weekly dining reviews are back. Reviews were suspended due to COVID-19 safety concerns and the economic impact of the pandemic on the food service industry. For the most part, the critiques will remain the same with one exception, no stars for now. Reviews will also address COVID-19 health and safety practices when appropriate. In addition, coverage may include reviews of non-traditional food service concepts, including pop-ups in residence that reflect today's dining landscape. Our dining editor, Lagaya Figueres, and contributor Wendell Brock will talk about what that means and what readers can expect. And Lagaya is here to introduce that conversation. Welcome, Lagaya. Hi, Shane. How are you? I'm great. So this is exciting news. It feels like a bit of a return to some kind of normalcy. I would say so. Definitely. Yes. Compared to days of takeout only or having to uh, sit on a patio, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I did miss dining inside places. I've only done it a few times, but, uh, you know, it's it's. It feels good to do that every once in a while. Yep. I was going to ask you, how did that feel? I know that I felt um, just great excitement to um, to be back in, you know, inside a restaurant and what I'm going to say, breathing a little bit easier between having, you know, vaccinated and myself and whatnot. It's a, uh, it was it, to, to experience maybe what I could call like the theater of, of restaurants or the magic of restaurants. Um, yes, we're, I think, closer than we have been in a very long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've, they've all instituted so many safety precautions and things like that, 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 you know, you can feel a little safer going inside places again. Yes. And so, so that, uh, caused us to return to, uh, dining reviews, but they are a little different, right? Well, yeah, they are a little bit different. We're not going to be starring for the moment. Um, we've broadened, uh, what we, think of in terms of what, what is reviewable are because our dining landscape has changed during COVID and there are more, you know, casual type operations. Um, you mentioned pop-ups in residence and, um, those are, you know, legit places where, or, you know, concepts, businesses where 
exciting things are happening that are um, coming to our, you know, the greater Atlanta area, it's, you know, for, for the first time, it's some terrific food. And um, I think that if we're going to do our job as, as dining critics, and we need to really reflect what, you know, go, give coverage to what's happening in, you know, the, the entire um, food landscape down here. So you bet. Yeah. And that, that reminded me of something. One of the places that I did dine in recently was at Dead End Drinks, which is doing a lot of those kind of pop-ups. They had uh, jackalope there and it was wonderful. It was really a fantastic meal and very different. And uh, it was a great way to start dining in again. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what, too? Um, There's an affordability to those concepts as well, which is um, exciting where you can, you can get some, some terrific food at, uh, you know, decent prices that aren't going to kill the pocketbook. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love the, the, the variety that it brings to us too. It's like, you can now get things that, that may not be available. I know that, uh, uh, there's one Polish pop-up that they're doing there, which I think is fascinating because that's one thing that we don't have a lot of here. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So is there anything else that we should know before we uh, go into your conversation with Wendell? Yeah, I mean, I'll just give you a quick overview. You know, Wendell and I are going to discuss um, the review process itself. I think a lot of times um, people are like, well, what exactly do you do? You know, Or um, is it the same thing as a Yelp review? And no, it's not. So yeah. uh, we wanted to just bring some, you know, provide some clarity and transparency to, to what our review process is. And then because Wendell and I have each um, written our first restaurant review um, since yeah, March, or no, I guess since February of um, 2020. Yeah. Yes. I mean, my gosh. Um, we wanted to share a little bit about what we gleaned from our visits and, um, you know, hopefully offer a few bits of insight that might help folks who are making their own decisions about where they'd like to dine out next. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for uh, bringing us this. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, great to have Restaurant Reviews back. Thanks, Shane. And let's hear uh, Lagaya and Wendell Brock talk about uh, the return of Dining Reviews. After 20 months, the AJC's weekly Dining Reviews are back. During this hiatus, which was due to COVID-19 safety concerns and the economic impact of the pandemic on the food service industry, the AJC covered the greater Atlanta restaurant scene through a reportorial rather than critical lens. As we shift to once again include dining reviews as part of our service journalism, I'm joined by my fellow dining critic, Wendell Brock, to discuss the ins and outs of the review process. Wendell, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Lagaya. How are um, you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. Glad to hear it. So restaurant reviews are back. They are. Are you happy? Yeah, I think so. I didn't realize um, how much I was missing it until um, I went and did my first restaurant um, review visit a couple weeks ago. And and I'm, I'm glad to be back doing this. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. It's fun to go back and to 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 actually kind of immerse yourself and and you know go more than once and and really think about the process and what they're trying to do. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yes. So, so I feel like, um, I was worried that my review muscles were going to, were kind of flabby. So we're going to have to, I have to get in shape again. So yeah, that's, that's a good metaphor for it. Yes. All my muscles are flabby. (laughs) Well, I thought we could first get started by just explaining the difference between a restaurant review and a news story or a restaurant preview, because, um, those are different. They're very different things. And sometimes you might hear someone say, oh, that was a great restaurant review. And it wasn't a review. Um, our first looks are not restaurant reviews. Um, so do you, do you mind quickly doing a, a rundown with me for what <laughs> distinguishes a restaurant review from a news story? No, I don't mind at all. Okay. Let's so do let's, it. All right. So articles are fact-based and reviews should be informed opinion. Yes. 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 My thought in term, when I think about the role of a dining critic and you also are a theater critic too. So you've worn many critic type hats is to demystify, I think the dining experience and perhaps make provide some sort of accessibility to the reader about um, making an informed decision on where they want to eat. Would you agree with that? Yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I like this yes or no survey. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So restaurant reviews, informed opinion, anything else? Fact-based. That's an article. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, and, and I also hope that, that in print, we always label our reviews as opinion. I'm pretty sure that we do, but I think that's important that people, you know, don't start reading something and go, why is this guy telling me his opinion? Yes. I mean, we, we are protected by the law to express our opinions, but I think we need to to make it clear. And I think we, I think we do. Yes. And, and those labels are also on the digital versions of the stories too, for sure. We do have those labels so that they can easily, you know, be distinguished from, from stories. Um, I think people might be interested in hearing why we decided that it it would be a good time to go back to review restaurants. Um, It wasn't a choice that or a decision that we took lightly. You and I have been talking about it for, for some months now. Yeah, I mean, I had been urging you to do it for quite a long time. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like when restaurants first reopened, I wanted, I wanted to go. You know, mm-hmm. COVID was raging. I wanted to go and wear a mask because I thought if these expensive restaurants, you know, are charging full price and people are going and paying that, I just wanted to kind of witness it and, mm-hmm. and report on it in a way, not so much review, but just see what it was like to go back and be in a restaurant and see what kind of precautions they were using. But you're always the voice of caution. I have been the voice <laughs> of you, caution. I mean, we're just, we're just speaking openly here. That's good. Yeah. You may have well, saved my life. Well, I, hey, I, that's great. You know, safety has been my top concern throughout all of this. And, you know, on a very personal level, I am at a higher risk of um, contracting the coronavirus. And I feel much um, more safe now that not only am I, you know, fully vaccinated, but I've got in my booster as well. And I think that we're at a place, it seems to me, that we're going to be living with this for a while. 
um, people are, you know, certainly dining out at restaurants and, and um, so eating inside is, I'm not nearly as, um, you know, hyper concerned as I was before. I'm still wearing a mask when I'm there and I put my mask on when a server approaches the dining partners that I take with me will are vaccinated. And, and that's certainly what I'm going to, um, the precautions that I'm going to take when I, when I go out and eat, but yeah, I felt that it was, it's okay now for me. And I'm glad that you're feeling, you know, comfortable in doing it. I think if I would have done it even a few months ago, you know, especially with Delta raging, um, at that time we were, I was just about ready to go back and it was like, oh man, nope, uh, I'm going to have to pull back again. So, yeah. and you know, the other reason too, Wendell, it felt that, um, because we do our reviews anonymously and our reservations are going to be, you know, not made in our names. Um, if a restaurant was going to be unable to seat me outside, I really didn't want to have to dine inside. And now I feel like wherever they seat me, um, you know, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good. Okay. So, so now here we go. You just had your um, first review from post, you know, during the pandemic come out last week, mine will come out, um, uh, Thursday. And then in Friday's go guide, uh, let's talk a little bit about how these reviews are different from the past. Yeah. Yeah. And also one thing when we were talking about the difference and and criticism and reporting, Mm -hmm. and you know, I think it's good for us to mention our, our methods. And with these reviews, we always go at least twice, anonymously. And sometimes we go more than that. Um, Sometimes I go three or four times. Um, I don't always take a big group of people, but, but um, if it's a place that I like, or if I'm not sure, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, or I want to try more dishes, I'll sometimes keep going back. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, sure. We can run, we can, I think we should run through our best practices. I mean, what you're talking about in terms of multiple visits, it also helps you gauge the spirit of the place. I mean, you know, and there's the the rhythm and what that is. And yeah, sometimes you, you, you need to order from, you know, the full range of the menu and you can't do that, you know, just in one visit oftentimes. So I I can learn a lot just by like sitting at the bar and having a couple of you know, a couple of appetizers and a drink and just kind of lurking. I'm giving yes. away my secrets now, but you know, I'm just the anonymous guy in the corner and, and, mm-hmm. and people don't tend to, to, you know, pay a lot of attention. So you can soak up a lot of information. We're not doing stars now. And I think that's something that's worth mentioning. Yes. Um, we, we had already, before the pandemic decided, we used to have two tiers of restaurants. We would do a starred review every week and we'd do a non-starred review, which was kind of the old school way of doing cheaper restaurants. And I think that we decided that it's more fair and equitable to treat everybody the same. Yes, I agree so with you. We started giving everybody stars, which was very exciting to me to write about a little taco stand, you know, and give them three stars because they succeeded in what they were trying to do. Yes. You know? um, so now... To, to try to be fair and give people the benefit of the doubt, we're not awarding stars. Right. And we'll see what happens when, if, and when the stars come back, but yeah, correct. They may never we're, come back. And they might never come back. Well, <laughs> we don't know yet. So that's to be determined. Yes. But uh, before we did have up to four stars. 
Um, you know, the other thing that uh, we are including in the information that we provide readers and reviews is, um, you know, COVID health and safety protocols, as we see, you know, um, uh, that kind of helpful information for folks who are still taking, you know, heightened precautions to avoid um, the coronavirus. And I would say, for example, um, in some in the text box that I recently wrote on Trey Valet, um, which is the restaurant that I reviewed, I, I provided a little bit more detail about, say, for example, the outdoor dining options and what that would be for, you know, folks. Or, you know, did a server, were they perhaps masked when they approach because we know that in Georgia um it's not one they don't a server does not have to wear a mask any longer but some some folks would want to see that uh you know at a restaurant so let them know how how that was yeah mm -hmm. okay and the other thing I think is important to mention is that you know we're not doing just restaurant reviews anymore really meaning that this would be, say, a sit-down place, but we're going to go into non-traditional concepts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Pop-ups. Yes, so pop-ups in residence and whatnot. So, which is, I think, a reflection of the how the landscape has changed during the pandemic, and it's gotten a little bit more casual, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's some great, great food and unexpected places. Yes. Um, I did want to, I wanted to mention a couple other things, Wendell, about the best practices, just so folks uh -huh. can be, we can be really clear. We obviously do not take anything for free. We pay for all of our meals and um, we are waiting at least a month if a place is new before we would go in and, and, and check it out because they do need time to, uh, and I don't uh, attend any other, you know, events if a place is having a grand opening or some sort of media event or tasting, um, you know, I don't, I don't do those. Good. Me either. Okay. High five. <laughs> High five. Yay. <laughs> All right, Wendell. Well, how about we start talking about your restaurant review of Rodney Scott's barbecue, but first let's take a quick break. All right. So we're back. Wendell. I might give us the uh, the details on Roddy Scott's barbecue. I'm I'm all ears. Okay, I had a good experience at Rodney Scott's. I enjoyed it. Um, I was a tad disappointed in some aspects of it, and it raises to me lots of questions about the the state of barbecue in Atlanta and the South. What it means to win a James Beard Award and become famous and open multiple restaurants and be supported by a big corporate company. There are all these kind of ideas, you know, floating around related to Rodney Scott's that, that you know, and then there's the food. So um, <laughs> I, I guess maybe I sh I'm going to read a little, a little something that I wrote. Rodney Scott is known for a whole hog barbecue, which is actually you know, that's that's the old school way where they would cook the entire hog and then and then chop it up to, or you know, make pulled pork and use all of it to to make pulled pork. Um, that's that's vanished over time. So that's that's important and significant that he that that's his method that he's that he's kept. Um, I think Brian Furman is the only person I know, the only person I know there could be others. There probably are others. But do you know any others locally that do? Whole hog? Uh, no, I would say no. 
Yeah. Even the like old school places like Fresh Air and, and Jackson, Georgia, they don't do whole hog anymore. So this is significant. Um, my my thing with, okay, so I'm going to read Marius. And, and Rodney says that his pork is the heart and soul of his menu. So I think when a chef says that, you kind of have to try that, right? Yeah, okay. uh, 100%. When a chef declares his pork the heart and soul of my menu, you take the hint. Indeed, no connoisseur of Q should stop here without trying the master's defining achievement. As an eater who likes his whole hog on the smoky side with bits of char and skin all mixed in, I was a mite disappointed. The pork lacked flavor-stoking smoke and fat, squeal for a drizzle of the chef's peppery sauce, and made me appreciate the sides all the more. So mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed in the pork and the brisket. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, I'm just going to talk about what I like. I love the ribs. I love the wings. The wings are smoked and then fried and then dusted with, with um, seasonings and spices. Excellent wings. Um, he also does um, fried catfish, which mm. is another thing that I think is kind of hard to find in Atlanta. It's hard to find good fried catfish. It's very good. I was pleased with the catfish. Um, liked a lot of the sides, especially the potato salad. Um, what do you like about the potato salad? Oh, it reminds me of my grandma's. It's like got mayonnaise and egg and sweet pickles. Um, it's it's just it's it's perfect potato salad to me. Nice. It's like it's like what Southern grandmas make and what you find at at, at you know picnics and church um, potluck dinners and that sort of thing. Um, his greens are also excellent, and I I think that's because he uses a good bit of his meat to season the grains, but they're, mm-hmm. they're, very, they're very well seasoned. Um, and also I, I, every time I would order the, the cashier would, I'd say, um, you know, Oh, should I try the cornbread? And the cashier would always say, no, no, you have to get the hush puppies. The hush puppies are wonderful. And they come with this honey butter. And uh, on, on one of, I went, I went three times and then I went back for a final run just to try a few mm-hmm. other things. And I, I got the hush puppies. And by the time I got home, that, that butter had melted because the bag was hot. So I just dipped, dipped the hush puppies in the honey butter. It was like all <laughs> totally melted and it was great. It was like eating donuts or something. That sounds yum. That sounds really yeah. good. Now you, you have a review coming out this Friday. I do. Yes. The Trevelay. So that one is in Sandy Springs. Um, let's see. It's so Italian, modern Italian. And for, I I'm fascinated by, you know, Sandy Springs in terms of just the growth of it over, well, I've been in Atlanta now six years. And in that six year time, we've seen all so many independent restaurants come into that, um, you know, to that, um, city. And I think that, so there's more options than ever, certainly. Um, what they are trying to do is, you know, this modern Italian, but also they've created this beautiful, the setting is beautiful and it's formerly the, uh, three sheets spot. So, um, when, by the way, Trevelay does translate to three sales. So that's sort of, you know, the next phase in three sheets is 
um, I guess, um, iteration or whatnot. Um, but uh-huh. it's a it's a project from Ian Winslade, who folks would know from um, Mission and Market in, in Buckhead. And he's been in the Atlanta scene for some time. I remember when I first um, reviewed his food over at Murphy's in Virginia Highland some years ago. Um, but he did this with Jonathan and Ryan Ackley, the two brothers, and they were the ones who also teamed up on Mission and Market. So anyway, they repurposed the space. It is just beautiful. Really, um, really nice. I I mean, I guess you can call it fine dining, but there's not necessarily table, you know, white tablecloths on there. But the space is just, it's very well appointed. And I loved the outside area. There's an upstairs bar and um, rooftop lounge. I mean, this is an example, but technically it's not really being used right now due to labor shortages. So they're not necessarily seating folks up there with full service. You can grab a drink at the bar if you want and take it upstairs. Um, But, you know, this is something that we're seeing, you know, really across the nation, but certainly throughout Atlanta. Um, if they don't have, you know, front of house staff to do that, they would, they, you know, they, they just can't service upstairs. But when they do begin doing that, it's, it's, it's beautiful. There's a um, fire pit up there and there's going to be heaters installed all along um, this one row. So for folks who do want al fresco, I think it'll be a, 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 a nice destination. And I mentioned if you wanted to take a drink up there, I, I do want to shout out to their beverage program because I found it um, really nice. They have, it's tight when it comes to the mixed drinks, they have spritzes. So they're, it's, it's, you know, sticking with the concept. There was this rosé, um, spritz that I, I said, my husband ordered it and it has this rosé gins, which was really floral. And then they use, um, they add kochi to it, kochi americano, some ginger and, um, lemon and Prosecco. So it had this nice tartness to it and a little bit of a zing, but it was just, it was really refreshing. I realized that I had it in November, but, um, just for something a little bit on the lighter side, that was so nice. And their cocktails, they are very tight on their cocktail list. There's just six of them, but they did them well. And they're very classic. You know, they had a classic Negroni, um, they have one that like a Boulevardier, an Italian old fashioned. They're doing their ice is super clean, you know, the big um, honking cubes and stuff and etched glassware, which was after so long of, you know, not going to bars and restaurants. I was so nice to to be presented a, a thoughtfully made drink. So. Yeah. But on the food side, that's where I, um, you know, I want to talk more about the, the positives than the negatives, but my overall feeling was there's still some, some work to get done um, because the dishes, they just weren't, it was the final execution where they, they, some stuff was, was lacking. Um, You know, so they specialize in house made pasta and they even have a pasta making station. If you go um, right in front, um, over in the the corner, you can you know, depending. Well, usually I think the prep is going to be daytime, but anyway, you can watch the in the window, and they're they're making their fresh pastas there. Um, but you know, a dish as basic as cacio e pepe, it really lacked um, black pepper. Like mm, I, it just needed it needed that hit of black pepper. It was just lacking. Um, simple dish. What's that? It's such a simple dish. It's a simple dish. 
And yeah, and um, yeah, it's a minimalist dish and it just, it it missed that. And then they had this, it was beautiful. The pappardelle was beautiful, but, and it, it comes with the a lamb ragu, but the, the ragu part was just so, it was dry. And it just, it, it didn't, it just didn't work. And then, and then there was a spaghetti dish that was just a simple white wine type sauce, you know, with shrimp and tomatoes, but it just wasn't, it didn't come together. And, um, and even I would say they had this, um, um, one of the dishes that it has a kale pesto on it, you know, and it's topped with pumpkin seeds, but it, to be honest, it, it was, um, it was not balanced. It needed some more Parmesan in there. It even needed just basic, some salt. Um, and that was the same thing that, you know, happened on, on the salad side where with this farro grain dish was lacking, you know, in, in some, in seasoning and a kale salad where there were such thoughtful ingredients to it, where you're getting, um, marinated pineapple and radish, um, but the kale wasn't massaged. It was just raw. And it's really kind of not yeah. that it's yeah. when the bitterness of the greens like that, it's just going to take over. So the menu reads beautifully, but there's just some, you know, some, some misses there, but I want to let's go positive because their pizzas. Wow. Okay. There's the, the one that I'm going to highly recommend is the Quattro Stazioni, which is, you know, the four seasons. And you can, depending on the place, you know how they'll make it where it's four distinct um, toppings in, in quarters. So now here they're doing it, you know, where it's all the toppings are, are scattered all over the place. It was the mushrooms that absolutely made it. And their crust is so terrific. And so highly recommend it's going to have prosciutto on it. The mushrooms, a trio of them, artichokes, olives, the mozzarella, the tomato, the blister on it was perfect. I, I wish um, y'all could see her face now. Uh, describing it, it was, it like was so, so good. So good. What, and the what other crust is it? What's that? What type of crust? It's Neapolitan. Okay. Yes. And the, and by the way, you know, you want a crust to have flavor and it has flavor on its own. So good. Which by the way, we just speaking of crust and thinking bready things here, they do a house-made focaccia. It's going to come complimentary and it's terrific too. So that's something to note. But um, the other one I want to recommend too is going to be their oxtail, the braised oxtail. And I did mention this in the review. I don't personally think of oxtail as just a, as an Italian necessarily, you know, strictly within the um, Italian type of cuisine. But this one is so good. You're going to get a massive serving. It is 36 bucks. Um, and it's going to come with this side of roasted potatoes, but the portion is mammoth. You're, you're going to want to share it. And I do mention that I think that a lot of dishes uh, at this restaurant are shareable and it's kind of what makes it fun, you know, order that Quattro Stazioni pizza, order the Salame Picante, which is another um, pizza, the pepperoni one. That's great. You know, order a bunch of, of um, pastas and, and share them. So, yeah. Uh, I'm really glad here you got your cocktail in. Yeah, I, I, yes, I did. I did. And uh, <laughs> you know what? It, it, they're, the cocktails are right around the $13 mark. And I know you and I wanted to mention a few things about prices here, but it was worth it. The, that was a $13 well spent. Yeah. And I should mention that, that Rodney Scott has a full bar and they have a tight list of cocktails and they're very good. They're $10, mm -hmm. but I was 
it, it's the first they're they're you know, I didn't really explain who Rodney Scott is. I don't know that we have time to do that, but he's from South Carolina. He won a James Beard Award and he connected with um, the Pahakas Restaurant Group out of Birmingham. They own other restaurants here in Atlanta. It's interesting if you if you leave um, the, the Rodney Scott here. OK, the, the first Rodney Scott is in Charleston. There's one one in Birmingham and this is the third one. Um, and he's opening a couple more. It's all on his website. But mm-hmm. what's interesting to me is this restaurant group that, that backs him also owns um, Hero Donuts and um, a, a top, uh, I'm sorry, a, a um, hot dog place. And if you drive down, if you drive from, I live in Grant Park, so Rodney Scott is on the West End. If you drive down past the old um, Braves Stadium you run on, and go down George Avenue, you run you go right past Hero Donuts and the hot dog place. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> the straight shot. They're like, they're taking over Atlanta. <laughs> I did. I, I want to, to mention something here too, because I, 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 I mentioned, you know, price on, on a few things. And um, I do feel overall that Trevelay does give you that, the value is uh, is there you know when there when that pizza is going to be between 16 and 18 dollars it uh i think we're going to be seeing you know an increase in in some prices here which i yeah, i'm absolutely yes. you know willing willing to pay um when it's when, if it feels like it's worth it and for the majority of the cases um you know i did feel that that this food is is um uh, worth the, what they're charging me for. And certainly that service. And I do want to commend the restaurant because, um, even if they are short staffed, um, if I hadn't really spoken with, you know, them after my restaurant review, cause you're, I'm going to do, you know, fact checking there on the phone, um, and learning about, you know, yeah, they are severely short staffed. I wouldn't have known it, uh, you know, known that because the service was, was truly, um, excellent. Good. Good. I thought the service of Rodney Scott was good. Um, the one of my quibbles was that on the first the first visit, the the food was was not hot enough. It wasn't it, it wasn't it, it needed to be warmer. And I noticed mm-hmm. another reviewer um, a, a few weeks ago mentioned that, and they they hadn't taken the the hint on that. Um, the pricing thing, though, I mean, I think the the food is absolutely you get what you pay for. But I was. <laughs> just you know I, I was it's kind of it's it, it kind of like shook me for a second when I paid for a barbecue meal for two people and it was eighty dollars you know? yeah yeah was, was it worth it yes yes and no I mean I don't I don't know I think that's mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a tough question um, yeah yeah well yeah. I, I'll I'll be interested going forward to see, for example, how um, menus are going to be shaping out in terms of, you know, if there's product that one day they can get it in and another day they can't, how do menus look and what are the changes that folks are, you know, there's there's going to be a give and take between what a chef or restaurant wants to do as opposed to what's, what's possible simply by nature of what product they can get on, you know, on their hands. And, and that, that'll be interesting, I think. Yeah. I mean, the, the supply chain thing is, you know, something we talk about all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I I hope it's getting better, but there were times during the pandemic when, you know, places it's a, it's a, 
their specialty is chicken wings and they couldn't get chicken wings, you know. So I've heard from restaurant owners that it becomes this thing where you're working with your supplier who's who can, you know, become it can become price gouging. You know, they're 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 raising the prices because the supply is is so limited. Mm-hmm. Um, to make them order like huge quantities in advance when maybe they don't have the space to store that. Um, so anyway, chicken wings are really high right now. Brisket's really high right now. So, you know, you have to, that's just part of the game, I guess. But it's, yep. yeah. Well, we're all, we're all learning as we go. And I actually, you know yeah. what, this is a good way to end it. Um, I hope that, um, that when people read the reviews that, um, they they recognize that our intentions are, especially if something is negative. I don't think that I, I don't have a mean side of me. I'm I'm always going in rooting. Uh, for, we are, I think we're root, we're rooting for 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 places, yeah. you know. So and I and we certainly um, recognize that folks' livelihoods are are at stake when when we're going to be. Um, you know, publishing a review. So, um, absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and even though I, my feelings were a little mixed about Rodney Scott, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go there again and again. There are things that I love. It's just that the, the, the barbecue scene here has really changed in the last, since, since we did a, a barbecue um, focused dining guide a couple of years ago, there have been, three to four upscale barbecue restaurants opening on the south side of town. Four, four, I think. Um, So, you know, maybe 10 years ago, a place like Rodney Scott would have been super exciting, but now it's just like there's a lot of good barbecue. Right. Town. Right. Well, and you know, same same thing goes for Trevelle. I'm I'm I'll go back there for sure. And I can there's plenty of stuff that I can recommend. Um and it's what I'm excited for is to see Sandy Springs growing in this way that there are more options that, you know, there's a lot of places that, that, that we can recommend that way. And Trevelle will join that, you know, group and, and hopefully there with, you know, a few tweaks. I mean, they're, you know, they've only been open um, since late September. So there's definitely, you know, time, give them some, give them some time. And, and as they grow, um, I can only expect even tastier results. Okay, but meanwhile, you're pretty happy about that pizza. Oh, God. (laughs) So good. So good. Yeah, I I still, I wish people could see your face when you describe it. I keep, yeah. Mm. I I didn't know how much I loved, (laughs) it had been a while since I had had a really, really good pizza. So, yeah, that was great. All right. Well, um, I guess we can sign off and I'll let you go go on your next restaurant review here. <laughs> That's great. I was there last night. Ooh, I can't wait to hear about it. Until okay. next time then, Wendell. Okay, sounds great. Look forward to next time. Thank you so All much. All right. Yep, thank you. And I just want to have a reminder to our listeners that the AJC publishes restaurant reviews every Thursday online at AJC.com and in the print edition of the Friday Go Guide. This time of the year always inspires gatherings with friends, family, and other loved ones. Yet with COVID-19 prevention measures still heightened, a large crowded Thanksgiving dinner at Grandma's house may not be back on the menu for some families just yet. 
but no need to throw out the big dinner gathering. Instead, why not get creative and mix things up this year? While it's a slippery slope whenever you alter the classics, breaking some traditions can feel bold, fun, and adventurous. The AJC has put together a list of some fun alternatives to celebrate your Thanksgiving Day. Find it at AJC.com. Back in 2017, Woodstock real estate couple Anita and Ken Corsini landed what they thought was a major TV prize, HGTV's Flip or Flop Atlanta. But the spinoff only lasted two seasons as HGTV's new owners decided to put the kibosh on multiple versions of the hit show. Now they're back on HGTV in a different capacity. This time they are hosts, judges, and investors in a reality competition show featuring professional flippers called Flipping Showdown, which debuted Wednesday. Three couples who flip homes for a living vie for $100,000. Over six episodes, they each face three major flipping challenges within a set time and budget around Metro Atlanta. Read the story on Rodney Ho's radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. Last chances were front of mind for many in the audience of the Stones' recent Atlanta show. Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stones' drummer who had never missed a show since 1962, died in August. Mick Jagger is 78 years old and recently underwent heart valve surgery. Many were worried as the band approaches its 60th anniversary that we might not get another opportunity to see the Stones again. But watching Jagger, a limber great-grandfather skipping the width of the 200-foot stage at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, strutting far out into the audience on the catwalk, neither he nor his equally advanced colleagues seem like musicians who ever want to stop. Read Bo Emerson's review of the Rolling Stones show at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on AJC.com. Throughout Blackberry Smoke's two-decade career, playing live has been the lifeblood of the band. So being forced off the road by the pandemic wasn't easy for the group. It's a tough habit to kick, playing music in front of people, said Charlie Starr, singer, guitarist, and main songwriter for the band in an interview you'll find at AJC.com. The band even played some neighborhood backyards during their downtime. Now they're back on the road and coming home to Atlanta on November 26th to play the Tabernacle. Go to AJC.com to find the rest of the story. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.